Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here once again, virtually, with our scorekeeper, Carter Zanke. How are you doing today, Carter? I've never been better. Uh, just yesterday, I was sitting in a hot tub and I thought about sitting in a cup of tea. It was exactly like that feeling. I always wish that my hot tubs were filled with tea, too. Well, that's good. This is our first week of the Trivia Over Tea Tournament of Champions. And so let's meet our first quarter finalists. First, we have Russell. Um, hello, my name is Russell, and I'm still a junior in high school from Tennessee. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Russell, for being here. And we also have Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie. I use she, her pronouns, and I am slightly older. <laughs> I am a college graduate, but excited to be here. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Just like our regular shows, we'll have four rounds of questions, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Yes, round one is our first general knowledge round, consisting of five questions for each of you. Uh, there are multiple choice questions, so feel free to pick the answer that most speaks to you. Uh, they're worth 10 points each if you get them right. Russell, you are up first. Are you ready? Sure. Question one. Which of the following Tennesseans did not serve as vice president? A, James K. Polk, B, Andrew Johnson, or C, Al Gore? So Johnson definitely did, and Al Gore I don't think is from Tennessee, although I don't think that's, it must be Polk because Al Gore definitely was vice president at some point, unless I'm insane. Yeah, uh, the answer is Polk. Al Gore was from Tennessee. He was a senator from Tennessee before he was... Bill Clinton's vice president. And of course, Andrew Johnson was Abraham Lincoln's vice president. Question two, which of these companies is not among the Dow 30 companies used to evaluate the stock market? A, General Electric, B, Walgreens, or C, Salesforce.com? Salesforce isn't, I don't think. Uh, that's incorrect. It's actually GE. GE used to be on the Dow, um, but it was replaced in 2018 by Walgreens. And this marked the first time since 1907 that GE wasn't part of the Dow 30. Question three, which of these places has the largest population? A, Wyoming, B, Nova Scotia, or C, the Setagawa Ward of Tokyo? I feel like any part of Tokyo is gonna have a bigger population than Nova Scotia, um, but Wyoming, who's in Wyoming? Um, I don't want to insult another state, but um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Wyoming not having the having the fewest people. That that's not the question. The question is which of these places has the largest population. Oh well, Wyoming has the fewest. In case you're wondering, all right, then the Tokyo area has the largest. It's my guess. It was actually Nova Scotia having the largest mm. population. Nova Scotia has about nine hundred and seventy nine thousand residents. The Setagawa Ward of Tokyo has nine hundred and thirty nine thousand residents. Wyoming lags slightly behind 590,000 residents for Wyoming. Yeah. Question four. The water for which of the following teas should be prepared at the lowest temperature? A, green, B, oolong, or C, black? Well, I've heard of all of those. Um, I don't think that's going to help me. I'm going to go with oolong because the name is fun. Um, it's actually green. Oolong is in the middle. Green should be prepared somewhere, but depending on the source, between 170 and 180-ish degrees, and then oolong 180 to 190 degrees. Um, and for black tea, 
you want to prepare it almost to a boil, 200 to 210 degrees. And finally, question five. In 1807, Napoleon and his men found themselves attacked by what animals which they intended to hunt? A, bears, B, deer, or C, rabbits? I don't think I'm going to make a fool of myself here. I'm fairly certain that deer aren't from Europe. Um, and I also would have said the same about bears. So I'm just going to go with rabbits. Well, that's correct. Idea... That's oh, correct. Yes. Napoleon decided to celebrate the Treaty of Tilsit, which officially ended the war with Russia with a rabbit hunt. Rabbits were collected, but the person in charge of that got domesticated rabbits, which are not afraid of, of humans. And they turned on the French, whom the rabbits would uh, thought would provide them with food. And Napoleon fled in his carriage. All righty. Sophie, are you ready for your five questions? I suppose so. Here we go. Question one. Which of the following national parks is not located in Utah? A. Arches. B. Mesa Verde. Or C. Zion. I think it's Mesa Verde. That's correct. It's in Colorado. Question two. According to Gatorade, what was the best-selling flavor of Gatorade in 2020, marking the first time in history that this flavor held the distinction? A, red, B, orange, or C, blue? <laughs> I'm very amused that the flavor names are just the colors. <laughs> um, uh, well, blue is my favorite flavor, so I'm going to go with blue. That's correct. This is the first time since the company started tracking the statistics that red was not number one, which is my favorite flavor of Gatorade, mm -hmm. for the record. Question three. In 1888, Albert Mummery and Heinrich Zorflu became the first people to successfully ascend what mountain in the Caucasus mountain range, the second highest in Europe? A. Dyktau, B. Mount Elbrus, or C. Monte Argentera. I have absolutely no idea. I don't even know what like area of the world the Caucasus Mountains range is in. So I guess I'm just going to go with B. Mount Elbrus is actually the highest mountain in Europe. Um, the answer is A, Dyktau. Um, and Dyktau is considered by most climbers to be a much harder climb than Mount Elbrus, the highest mountain in Europe, due to its main paths being much steeper. The Caucasus Mountains are in southwestern Russia, near the border with Georgia, down by where Sochi is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, question four. One pound of tea leaves will make approximately how many cups of tea? A, 61, B, 121, or C, 181? Oh, gosh. Um... Well, I like the number 181, and I have not, nothing else to go on, so I'm going to go with C. That's correct. And finally, question five. Norwegian composer Edvard Grieg kept what animal figurine in his pocket for luck? A, a rabbit's foot, B, a dog, or C, a frog? Um, wait, did you say animal figure? Figurine. 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 Hmm. It doesn't seem like a rabbit's foot would really fit into an animal figurine. And the other options were dog and frog. Yes. Is that right? Um, I'm going to guess dog. It was actually the frog. According to musicspoke.com, a girl came to visit Grieg at his home named Troll Hill and asked if he had any toys. 
Grieg apparently had a troll and a pig that he kept on his nightstand and told them good night before going to bed. The girl was so taken by his story that she gave him her pet frog doll, which he then carried around for the rest of his life. Wow. Yeah, very cute. Alrighty, that's the end of round one. Carter, can you please tell us the scores? We have a pretty close game with Russell at 20 points and Sophie at 30 points. It's now time for our weekly audience question. If you recall, last week's question was about the Academy Awards. Frances McDormand became the seventh person to win three acting Academy Awards in April. Who is the only person to win four? And the answer, you have to go back a little ways for this one, is Katherine Hepburn. She won four awards as Best Actress, first in 1934 for Morning Glory, and then again in 1968 for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, 1969 for The Lion in Winter, and finally in 1982 for On Golden Pond. For this week's question, we'll turn to horse racing. If you've been watching the news, you'll remember that there's a controversy surrounding this year's Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirit, and his trainer, Bob Baffert, because the horse had a positive drug test following the race a couple weeks ago. And so, related to that, we'll ask this week's question. Bob Baffert trained what 2015 Triple Crown winning horse, the first to accomplish the feat in 37 years? So have a think, send me your answers, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. And so now it is time for round two. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round two is where our multiple choice questions go out the window, and now you'll have to answer them based on your own knowledge. Um, Each of you will get five questions, uh, again, on the same topic, uh, and they'll be worth 20 points in this round. If you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for half points or 10 points. Alrighty. What I've decided to do for this week is I'm going to give both of you the same category. And this is something that I've wanted to do since we started Trivia Over Tea. What we're going to do is I'm going to give you a state nickname, and you're going to tell me what state it belongs to. Okay? Everybody understand what's going on? Okay. Russell, you're up first. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Number one, the volunteer state. Okay, well, that's Tennessee. Yes, that's correct. So earned because many soldiers from Tennessee played a prominent role in the War of 1812 at the Battle of New Orleans, apparently. Number two, mm-hmm. the Centennial State. This, do they, like, change it depending on how old the state is? Like, because, like, this could be the 100-year-old state, but that's, like, oh, that's, uh, um, all right, Centennial State? Um, Centennial State. Yeah, I have no earthly idea. I'm going to go with um, Minnesota. No, wait, no. Because no, that's the land of a thousand lakes. Yeah. Oh, are you counting that as my answer? No, I, you, you, you recanted quickly enough. I'll, 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 let you, I'll, let you, I'll let you give one more answer. All right, I'm just going to go with Rhode Island. It's not like a better guess. But... Uh, no, it's actually not a better guess. Um, Sophie, <laughs> do you have any idea? Well, I know it's not Minnesota, Rhode Island, or Tennessee, <laughs> so I've got 47 other options. Um, I'm chirp, just going to pick Ohio. Why not? It's actually Colorado. Then that's because Colorado gained statehood in 1876, the centenary of the United States. Number three, 
The Last Frontier. Alaska. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Number four, The Old Dominion. I really want to say that's Virginia, so I'm just going to say it's for... I, I think I'm I'm mixing it up with like Dominion College or something because I'm just going to go with Virginia. Why not? That's correct. It is Virginia. Okay. Um, it was earned through the state's loyalty to the crown during the English Civil War and the Commonwealth in the 17th century. And then it was bestowed upon them by King Charles II after the monarchy's restoration. And finally, number five, the Silver State. Um, so this could be either where are a lot of old people located, or um, it could be who has silver. Um, I can't think of any states that have silver, and I know Florida has a lot of old people, but they're the sunshine states. So that doesn't work as well. Um, I'm just going to go with uh, Nevada. Why not? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nevada. My jaw just dropped to the floor. Oh, my gosh. I am the best at this game. Wow. Well, you're correct. In the early days of the state, silver was literally shoveled off the ground, uh, and there were huge deposits found all over the state, having been formed over millions of years in the desert. And not surprisingly, all the silver was gone in the first few decades after European settlement. Well, lucky guess. I knew that. Of, of course. Of course. Yeah, I, I knew that. Sophie, are you ready for your five nicknames? Uh, not as ready as Russell seemed to be, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, number one, the Badger State. Oh, Wisconsin. That's correct. In the early 1800s, miners dug hillside tunnels looking for lead ore, which reminded people of burrowing badgers. Number two, the first state. Oh, this feels like a test <laughs> um, from like history class. Um, what state was first? Um, maybe Massachusetts? No. Russell? I would also think this is Virginia, but that... How, none of the... Hmm. But Virginia already has a nickname, so I don't think you found like multiple nicknames per state. Um, that would be sneaky. So, um, yeah, Massachusetts seemed like the answer. I'll go with, uh, let's see, just Virginia still. Well, it's not Virginia. Uh, it's Delaware. It was the first state to ratify the Constitution and join the Union on December 7th, 1787. Number three, the Sunflower State. Oh, I think this is Kansas. That's correct. Yes, Kansas. Number four, the natural state. Oh, um, well, the natural state would imply that there's a lot of nature, um, which I think generally applies to all of the 50 states. So um, the natural state, maybe something like a state that doesn't have much else. So maybe Wyoming. That's my guess. No. Russell? I think that logic makes sense, which is why I'm going to go with Montana. No, you're in the wrong part of the country. It's actually Arkansas, believe it or not. Oh. And it was self-proclaimed by the state legislature. Um, but Arkansas does have 52 state parks, three national forests, five national parks, and the very first national river, the Buffalo National River, which is in the Ozarks. And finally, number five, the old line state. The old line state. Yes. 
maybe that's referring to the Mason Dixon line. I think that's what it's called, like south and north. That's what it's um, called, yeah. Okay. So or it could be like a railroad thing, old line. Um where does the Mason Dixon line go through? Um Virginia, Maryland? I guess I'll guess Maryland. That's correct, though for oh, the wrong yeah. reason. It's it's oh. not actually related to the Mason-Dixon line, um, although the Mason-Dixon line uh, does go between Maryland and Pennsylvania. According to visitmaryland.org, the old line nickname was given during the Revolutionary War when 400 soldiers in the 1st Maryland Regiment fought a British force of 10,000 and helped General George Washington's army to escape. Washington depended on the Maryland line throughout the war, and the soldiers' discipline and bravery earned Maryland its nickname. I wanted to include that one because as a native Virginian, looking across to the state of Maryland um, with their very interesting nickname, Old Line State, I was like, where the heck did that come from? So there you go. All righty, well, that's the end of round two. That was most interesting for me. Uh, I wasn't sure how people would do with those nicknames, but you guys did really well. Carter, can you please give us a score update? Russell has pulled just slightly ahead with 100 points, and Sophie has 90. All righty, now we're on to round three. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Well, round three is a lot like round two. Each of you will get five questions that are open-ended. Now the stakes are a little bit higher, so each question is worth 30 points, and your opponent can answer for 15 points. Mm. Russell, are you ready? After last round, definitely. Okay. Question one. What interstate highway runs through the capital cities of North Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, and runs for 2,559 miles, making it the third longest interstate highway? I'm going to go with I-440. No. Sophie? Um, I have absolutely no idea. Um, I-460? No, no, Russell, you were so close. It's 40. It's just 40. I-40. 440 is, is, I-4- a, oh. 440 is also an interstate highway, but it's a spur route of I-40. Although it should be noted that I-40 passes through North Little Rock, never actually entering the city limits of Little Rock, but it's still very much in the metro area. Question two. The European Union Parliament is headquartered in what French city? Mm-hmm. Um, I would have just thought it would be still Belgium, but apparently it's not. Um, so I'll go with the one French city I know, Paris. No, it's not Paris. Sophie? I would have thought it was like Geneva or something, but that's Switzerland. So um, what other French cities do I know? I'm just going to list some. None of these are my answers yet. Okay. Uh, Versailles, Nice. Wait, no, Versailles is not a city. That's a palace. Um, well, what else do I... Uh, Leon? I'm going to go with Leon. It's Strasbourg, although most committee meetings are held in Brussels, but the parliament is headquartered in Strasbourg. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Uh, Question three. How many stripes were on the American flag Francis Scott Key observed flying over Fort McHenry on September 14th, 1814? Trying to go through the full song. I don't think he ever mentions it, though. Um, No, it's not mentioned in the song. Yeah, um, this is the War of 1812. Can't have been that different. It's probably still 13. It's not 13. Oh, dang it. Sophie? 
Uh, that would have been my guess too. And I'm not sure if I should go higher or lower. <laughs> I'm not sure what the stripes <laughs> represent, to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, I don't know, five? No, it was 15. The regulation is that there's one stripe for each of the original 13 colonies. But at the time, the flag regulation added a new star and a new stripe for each admitted state. Uh, and this wasn't changed until 1818 when the flag reverted to 13 stripes but it had 20 stars for 20 states because they realized that if they kept adding stripes, that would get a little ridiculous. So, yeah, but the, the flag that flew over Fort McHenry actually had 15 stripes. Question four. What Chinese politician and military leader was the president of Taiwan, the Republic of China, for 25 years following the Great Retreat in which the Chinese Nationalist Party fled the mainland in 1949 after their defeat at the hands of the Communist People's Liberation Party? So which Taiwanese political leader? Yes. So um, the only Taiwanese political leader I know of is the Dalai Lama. So mm. I'm going to go with, can't name mm. any specific. No. Thai. No, I think you're, I think you're thinking of Tibetan. Yes, but it's, Tibetan. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, this is, this is Taiwan. Sophie? I have no idea. I think... Uh, the only leader I can think of that is related to that, but I know it's wrong, is Mao. <laughs> right, and, and Mao was the one chasing them out. Right. Uh, this is Chiang Kai-shek. He was the first president of Taiwan. And finally, question five. Al-Biruni's Indica contains the first recorded mention of what tool commonly found on the walls of school classrooms? A map. No. Sophie? Pencil sharpener? No. No. <laughs> Chalkboard. That's a tool? You're classifying that as a tool? Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> that, uh, yes. Yes, that's what we're going, that's what we're going with. It's a, it's a tool. It is a tool, though, because you use it to write stuff. Al-Biruni was an Iranian scholar during the Islamic Golden Age, and he's sometimes known as the first anthropologist. Indica, or Al-Biruni's India, was a book he wrote in the 11th century detailing the culture of India. All righty, Sophie, are you ready for your five questions? Yep. Question one. What interstate highway runs concurrent with I-90 and I-94 in Madison, Wisconsin, a rare instance of three different interstate highways running together? You said I-90 and 94, right? Yes. So I think it's 39? That's correct. Another triple concurrency is found nearby in Milwaukee with I-41, 43, and 894. Very fun for me for cool <laughs> road nerds. Question two. Professional wrestler Andre the Giant appeared in numerous films, most notably as Fezzik, a giant from Greenland, in what 1987 comedy? The Princess Bride. That's correct. He stood seven foot four and weighed over 500 pounds. And he had a famous rivalry with Hulk Hogan during his wrestling days. Question three. In 1774, a German shoemaker started what shoe company with the goal of making more comfortable footwear that contoured to the foot? A German shoemaker in the 17-something? 1774. Okay. Um, what are some shoe brands? Uh, Nike, Adidas... Um, Dr. Scholl's, Doc Martin. Um, uh, I don't know. 
Uh, Dr. Scholl, that sounds German. No. Russell? So there's Nike, Adidas, um, Under Armour, which I kind of doubt he came up with. Um, I'm going to go with Adidas. No, it was Birkenstock. And the company is still headquartered in Neustadt, Viet, the hometown of Johann Adam Birkenstock. Question four. The 1733 version of Poor Robin's Almanac has the lyrics of the earliest known version of what children's song commonly associated with Good Friday and music education? Um, a common children's song from an almanac from what year? 1733. Okay. Commonly associated with children's mu music learning? Yeah, with music education as well as Good Friday. Good Friday. So Good Friday is about Jesus some, somehow. I don't remember how. Um, uh, <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb? No. Russell? I can't think of any songs that have to do with Jesus um, being put on the cross, which is the Good Friday thing, I think. Yeah. Unless I'm horrendously incorrect. No, yeah. you're right. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any children's songs about being put on a cross. Um, so okay. I'm going to go with Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. No, it's not that. Um, it's Hot Cross Buns, believe it or not. Hmm. Yeah. And finally, question five. Though it's unlikely to be a superhero's sidekick, the Wisconsin State Bird is the American what? Robin. Correct. I was Thank you for putting that. in a bird question. <laughs> I was very proud of that clue. Alrighty, well, that's the end of round three. Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, Sophie has pulled ahead by 80 points, so they have 180 points, and Russell has 100. Alrighty, now it is time for our final round to determine who will be moving on to the semifinals. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round four is our showdown round, where each question is worth 40 points, so opportunities everywhere to earn points here. We're going to ask you to write down your answers to these questions, and we'll reveal them at the same time. Sophie Russell, are you ready? Indeed. All righty. Question one. In 1951, Florence Chadwick became the first woman to swim across what body of water in both directions? Do we have answers? Russell, what is your answer? I said the English Channel. Sophie? That's what I said as well. That's correct. It is the English Channel. And she set records both times. Her France to England time was 13 hours and 23 minutes, and England to France she did in 16 hours and 22 minutes. Question two. A 1911 fire at what factory that killed 146 people led to new work safety standards and jump-started the growth of the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. We have to know the specific factory? Yeah, because it's it's part of the, the title of the fire, like how the, okay. how the historical event is known. Russell, do you know? The Chicago Women's Garment Factory Fire. No. Sophie? The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. That's correct. This was in New York. And most of the victims were Italian and Jewish immigrant women between the ages of 14 and 23. Workers trying to escape the fire found some exit doors locked and ones that didn't open outward, further hampering their escape. 
And finally, question three. The Yellowstone River, originating in its eponymous national park, is a tributary of what larger river? Do we have answers? Russell, what is your answer? The Colorado River. Sophie? I also said the Colorado River. Wrong side of the Rockies. The answer is the Missouri River. The mouth of the Yellowstone River is at the Missouri River near Buford, North Dakota. Well, that's the end of the game. So, Carter, can you please give us the final score? Well, we have Sophie with 260 points and Russell with 140. Congratulations, Sophie. You are moving on to the semifinals. Do you have anything you'd like to say? Well, I'd like to thank my worthy uh, competitor, Russell. Um, and yeah, this was fun. So thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Sophie. And thank you, Russell and Sophie, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music and contributing some questions. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have our next quarterfinal match with two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week.